This podcast is part of the Dark Myths Collective. Visit darkmyths.org for more shows like this one. The darkness awaits. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Zing this. You got me, Zinger, and I'm joined by... Ryan. And Alex. From? Uh, I am Ryan from Rumor Flies, as many people know, and Alex is on a Twitch channel with me called Instant 3 Play, where we get harassed by our followers and play video games poorly. Nice. But... Okay, to, to explain real quick, for those of you wanting to hear me and Ellie discussion, and I and this happens every time I call what we're talking about the week beforehand... Every single time, she was unable to record this week. Her voice is almost fully back, but when she called me the other day, I didn't know if I was talking to her or Lord Voldemort, so gonna go with she's taking another week off. But she will be back next week, and the topic we will be discussing, which we'll vaguely discuss here, will be on that episode as well. So anyways, with that out of the way, we decided through a discussion, and through a last-minute thank you guys so much for, for, for picking up the Audible on this one for this week. We're going to discuss a movie that Ellie... I'm not going to speak for her, but she just has not watched this movie, and just... I'll let her defend herself when she's back on. But we are going to discuss Princess Mononoke, Studio Ghibli film, and probably some other anime stuff, because um, cause Ryan... Has admitted to me, hope it's okay for me to, to let this out, that he is a big anime fan and doesn't really get a chance to talk about it over on Rumor Flies. Please, call me a weeb. I, I, am, I, I was gonna, I'm, that's your word, not mine. <laughs> but no, no I'm in a safe place. <laughs> this is a safe place. But no, um, I, I thought this would be a great opportunity for us to talk about anime that's not, as one of our um, regular guests, Phil Rude, would point out, Naruto for Ellie, but we I don't know if that will come up on your guys' end. It's not on any of my stuff, though. I'll just keep that one under wraps until we get to that point, then. All right. All right. With that, um, we decided to watch and discuss Princess Mononoke to begin with. So, I don't know about you guys. This movie, for me, if I'm, like, going back in my, you know, to my younger years, this is kind of one of the first animated movies that's, like, anime not like disney anime but even though it is disney per se um that i remember as a kid watching and it was something that really hit home with me because i just thought this was such a beautiful movie so i don't i don't don't know what your guys's first impressions when you were younger or the first time you saw it was so i'll admit this uh i've watched a lot of miyazaki films up until recently and i grew up with totoro uh, mm-hmm. my parents, for some reason, bought that from a video store and then just, I, that's how I got introduced to anime and they bought me tons of Miyazaki films to watch when I was a little kid. And that one sticks out the most for me. And then Kiki's Delivery Service, Girl Hope the Time, all, all those, um, you know, eventually Spirit Away in Howl's Moving Castle. But I missed, uh, uh, Princess Mononoke. Like, I only watched it very recently. So... Honestly, same. I watched it within the past six months for the first time. Really? Not, not because we rewatched it for the point of discussion for this episode, but I had just watched it maybe four months ago. It was just one of the ones that flew under the radar in terms of Miyazaki for me. Like, I'm a giant fan of him. 
I've been in Japan before. I tried to go to the Studio Ghibli Museum every time, and or Ghibli, however you pronounce it. And uh, giblets. It, it takes like yeah, Studio Giblets, the Giblets and the Giblets. Uh, <laughs> it takes about like uh, three months to make a reservation to go in there, and apparently, wow. uh, yeah, it's insane. But we are both big collective fans of it. Just that's the one that flew under the radar for me until recently. And actually, I'm kind of glad I did. Because I don't think I would have been able to appreciate it a couple of years ago. Well, what's weird is it almost feels nostalgic for me, even though I haven't watched it in the past. Yeah. I, I know that sounds like a very strange description, but maybe I did catch glimpses of it in the past. Or maybe it's just that type of film where it really encompasses the uh, media of the time. Well, knowing usual, aside from Grave of the Fireflies, most Miyazaki films have this kind of like – lightheartedness to them that have kind of like the undertones of darkness in them that you can kind of pick up as an adult. This one isn't like that. This one is straight up uh, conflict, conflict, conflict. Yeah, it's uh, pretty savage. Oh, and it's bloody. So Yeah, very. Know. And I don't mean like the kids are talking about savage. I mean, it's there's savagery in it. Yes, it. Um, I'm sure that we could get into probably a three-hour-long discussion on the metaphors in this and everything if we really wanted to cut it down. But um, I'm going to admit something now. I am the reverse of you guys. I've seen this and I've seen Spirited Away, but I've never seen it as like sat down from beginning to end. I've seen it in chunks to see the whole thing. Like I've seen oh, the beginning that... at one point. I've seen the middle at another. I've seen the beginning to the middle and I've seen the middle to the end at different. Like I've never seen it as a whole movie and it's one I do eventually want to sit down and watch. It's just this okay, one so is the one the that sticks out to me. Cut. I yes. feel like that's how everybody's watched a Christmas story. Yes, yes, that that is that is honestly true too. As I'm thinking about, it, I'm like, yeah, I don't think I've ever seen a Christmas story as a beginning to end movie. So I, I you are correct with that too. But no, I, it's it's one of those things that I I love the work he did on this, and from what I've seen of Spirited Away, it's just something I've never, for some reason, gone back to. And I mean, the other stuff is like Grave of the Fire. I've seen plenty of stuff showing stuff from the other. Movies, I've just never felt a pull to watch them, even though this one had such an impact on me when I was younger for some reason. Did you take up archery after you watched it? Actually, I, I used to um, shoot a bow when I was younger, and I actually he don't like compound bows. I only liked recurve, so I oh, mean... Oh, y'all just whole, found some yeah, common we, ground. We just bonded. Uh, in, insta bond. Instant bond. Yeah. <laughs> no, it, it was just... Welcome to Botox with Justin Zenger so. <laughs> and Alex. This week on Botox, we talk shooting bow. <laughs> Sorry. No, is there <laughs> any more that comes after shooting bow? No. I, no here, here, here's the entire podcast. Did you shoot a bow this week, Alex? Yeah. No, I lied. I didn't. Uh, I wanted to. Is that worth something? I wanted to, too. All right, we'll see you, you next week on. Week? We'll see you next week on Bow Talk. <laughs> Tune in. But no, bows um, with bros. <laughs> oh man, no. Um, it was just something like I said. I remember this sticking out, and it hit. Like I saw this, and then I sort of started to get into other anime after this, because um, Dragon Ball Z was a thing, getting on Toonami and everything, and when I list probably off the other stuff I watched when I was into anime and everything, this, this like, led me into that realm. And I don't know if you guys count it, but the original Transformers and Voltron, I, I don't know if I count that as anime, per se. Uh, Transformers technically isn't, because I think that is American animated. American anime. Um, American, anime. that's what we're calling it now. 
We can. Uh, a Merame? I'm, I'm talking uh, about the original 86 version, though. Yeah. Okay, uh, okay, yeah, the, the 80s. I think that one is actually American animated. And then uh, Voltron, I think, is Japanese, but uh, I would consider that to be Japanese, if anything. Because I did watch those, tra- but it wasn't like I never made the connection to the between the two until I was older. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was all to sell toys. You yeah, know, I yeah. loved those when I was a kid. I didn't realize how much into mechs I was. Yeah, and Tex-Mex. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man, that was painful. That was, that, that was a painful joke. I, I hurt from that one. Um, well, wait till I set up my own anime where it's all just robots in Texas, so there you go. Tex-Mex. Mm. Oh man, I've derailed this show. I'm so yes, sorry. It, 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 we are we are less than 15 minutes in, and already I've this this completely been derailed. And here's Five the other here's the other weird thing. Now I thought this movie came out earlier than it did. Same. Because I I saw him like 97. I'm like that doesn't. I was younger. Was I younger? And I had to like double check. I'm like, well, maybe it came out in Japan first, and I somehow like. Remember seeing it, it, it with its subtitle, and it's like, nope, came out in 97, both Japan and 98-ish in America, so. That yeah. was a strange part to me, because I've seen so many things in this movie that have, like, had callbacks to other anime that I've watched. Mainly uh, Neon Genesis Evangelion, which, spoiler alert, is my favorite anime or piece of media of all time. Hmm. But I saw a bunch of that, but Evangelion technically came out before that. But Miyazaki hired Hideaki Yano, who is the director and creator of Evangelion. So I'm not sure who's feeding off of who. It might be just kind of like a feedback loop, but it was interesting seeing a lot of those things in each other's works. And um, that's what confused me about Mononoke, because that came out in 97, and Evangelion was done by late 97, if not 98. So It, it had but, been being worked on, though, apparently for a good chunk of time, though, the story and everything. I think three years. Yeah. It took like three, four years for them to do it. I think they had to chunk some of the stuff originally because it turns out that everything he was writing already had thematic elements in My Neighbor Totoro. Yes, I, I, I saw was, that too. Like, I saw that fun fact. Just like, it was like, uh, I, I guess I got to throw this one out. It's already in Totoro. Well, how about this? The two little, uh, the little girl, she's raised by, you know, some wild, like, oh, that's already in Totoro. Okay, we can do the next one. Okay, well, well, there's a cat bus and, oh, dang it. <laughs> I would have killed for a cat bus in Mononoke. It wouldn't have made any sense, but sure, let's go with it. It would have been. Uh, I I I think I think it would have made been very weird to throw in there personally, but it it would have saved the entire plot. They could have segued that somehow. <laughs> Perfect. Um, no, <laughs> no. Um, it, it was just like I said, seeing seeing the year this came out, and it's one of those things where I feel this movie's aged decently over time. I mean, you can tell it's older, but. I when I when I was watching it, I'm like, this has aged, I think, more gracefully than probably some of its contemporaries, in my opinion. The, the funny part about that is because I think one of the reasons why it grace it aged so gracefully is because there's actually CGI in the movie, mm-hmm. but only in like five different um, segments or scenes. Like when you see the little writhing things in the demons. I mean, I, I don't know how much of the plot we're going to go into, but like there is actually like demons and you see like the little wriggly snaky things coming out of somebody that's cgi the forest spirit is cgi and it's so minimal to the point where it just kind of um so instead of using it as a crush it was more meant to like augment the actual animation as opposed to like it's not it doesn't need to be there but it is and it actually is so subtle that it 
it kind of made it seem more modern without actually using most of the modern techniques. It's like the pizza you forgot you ordered. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, no, the, and this is interesting because when I went back and watched some of the stuff that showed where they use computer like in enhancements, I noticed it once they were like, by the way, we used it for this. And I'm like, I can see that now, but watching the movie, I didn't notice it as much. It wasn't right. something that stuck out like a sore thumb that – sorry, computer animation, but sometimes you age terribly. So it wasn't something like that for me. It was something that kind of – it, 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 it was blended well into the movie. Absolutely. I wholeheartedly agree. Like it, you, you hit the nail on the head saying it didn't stick out like a sore thumb because it was just that much different, but visually it wasn't. And also there were portions where I had to question because I knew that there was CGI, but I didn't look at the exact scenes where it was. Mm-hmm. I had to question whether it was CGI or not for some things because I could have been wrong in some cases, but yeah, it's perfect. I, I started looking for it after it was brought up. I, I knew I knew the spirit was. I just didn't know what else was. But the the yeah, wriggling I, stuff, and then there was the one scene where he's riding and he's like riding up and he shoots the one guy and takes off both his arms. Oh, so wicked! Oh my god, I, that's what opened my eyes. This I was like, what has Miyazaki done? He's a bad man. <laughs> Mister Rogers just went full on Navy Seal. Like that was that was crazy. Um, because I mean, Grave of the Fireflies neighbor. is violent, but not like as overtly yeah it's just kind of like it was almost like a shakespearean thing where they start with the violence and then they kind of taper it down a little bit as the movie goes on because you don't see much other explicit dismemberment afterwards except for there, one person but he, it was just a quick bit no he decapitates two people yeah yeah but like it's uh um, with with arrows mind you by his with, hands with arrows he he's able to decapitate people which i mean I'm, i don't know the um forensics of that but that's that's a that's a that's a that's something you can't really do, right? <laughs> Get your recurve out. You don't ever know. <sighs> True. Um, no, I, I guess you, if you want to discuss the plot a little bit, I mean, it's it. This movie is over is two hours and fifteen minutes. I didn't feel like it was that long until like near the end. I felt it dragged at the end a little bit. For for me, I, I don't I don't know about you guys how how you felt about the if it dragged at any point for you. Um, I don't think there's any parts where I was like, okay, we're done with the exposition, let's move on with it. I think there it, there could have been an abridged form where the movie would have had the same message, but I don't think it dragged out for me. It's I don't mean it in a negative way, but when I was watching it, I I felt like it was close to three hours, <laughs> and I I was three hours of happiness. It's just that. Sure, I guess points were maybe a little slow aside from the savagery of dis- dismemberment and disbodiment. I, the, the, thing, the thing that... The aesthetic of oh, Sorry, I was about to say, the thing that where, where I'll say that I, I can point it out is where they actually, like, are hunting the, the nature spirit. Like, that, 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 that part kind of takes a little bit longer than I thought it was going to. Like, yeah, once it's thought... decapitated and once they're trying... Like, that, that whole part there's a little... Kind of, I, I thought it was going to wrap up quicker than it did. Yeah, I mean, just from like the whole thing, like the introduction of just you know, uh, the main character gets a curse and then has to move over to another they village really... to find out why he got cursed. And then it, there are parts where you almost forget about certain plot points to the point where it comes to them trying to kill the spirit of the forest. And 
I guess that is one little shortfall where it's just like you kind of they stack these plot elements on each other that still hinges on one thing, but you forget why down the line. Yeah. But at the same rate, it still ends up resolving itself in kind of like a slope. I, I, I don't know for how much of the metaphor stuff we want to get in here, but the thing that caught me watching it this time was, of course, our main character who has no bearings on anything that's going on with the, you know, the spirit of the forest, the Iron Town, Samurais, has no bearing on that, but yet he becomes kind of almost the most affected by their hatred and by their war with each other because he's the one that gets this curse and somehow he feels the need to go out there and help them while trying to help himself. But in the end, he's like, if I have to sacrifice myself to help these people, it's what I got to do. And I'm like, that's, that, that's kind of what I got from it this time of more of looking at his journey than the whole picture of what was going on. Right. I mean, violence begets violence exactly. is absolutely what I saw in his curse and how it was spreading. I think that is the thematic thing that I guess we, we could get into some of the themes of it, but uh, that is an important thing. It's just uh, Ashitaka originally just got poisoned by something, like by a curse, and he just needs to fix himself. And whether that shows the merit of his actual good character or whether he is doing this selfishly, it's just it turns out that it's helping other people's by his seemingly unselfish acts. It's still happening. I think he is the least interesting character out of the entire story actually but i think he's uh, the most but, upstanding yeah but th- i think that's what uh, makes him i think that's what makes him the most he the least is interesting. the cliche hero in the sense of right. he he like, he will do no wrong in in the well, sense of he he, he is thematically 100 percent good in every scenario he does no wrong he, so he wrongs nobody hmm? <laughs> like he's completely unrelatable yeah but the thing is about him is that uh, well speak one, for yourself so just talking <laughs> we uh we're, um, here's where I speak for yourself. You, you're the evil one. You made us watch the English dub. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm a bad guy for this. I just mentioned I was watching the English dub, so when we get to a point where I go, oh, I really like that Joe DiMaggio was in it, and you guys are sitting there like, huh? Okay. I, well, no, I can't we need lie. to get our I did like that together. Joe DiMaggio was in it because I love Joe DiMaggio. But Billy Curtup was the main character, and it sounded like he was in – he was recording in an apartment where he couldn't wake up his roommates. Like his, <laughs> who was that Billy? This Billy is the Kirk, greatest uh, analogy Hatton. ever. Okay, so there were two bad Billys in there. Oh, then there was Billy Bob Thornton, who right. just happened to have been Billy Bob Thornton. There's nothing he could have done to fix his acting. Like his actual delivery was fine. It's just he was Billy Bob Thornton playing a <laughs> Japanese monk. So I mean, a proclaimed monk. Yeah, proclaimed monk. Does Billy, Billy Bob Kirk's Thornton do, do any acting in the movie? I mean, in movies, for the most part, I think he's just Billy Bob Thornton as this person sometimes. Well, he must have got some extra education after Sling Blade because he has changed oh, characters I, I, a bit. So. I was about to say, I mean, ignoring Sling Blade. <laughs> well, he's getting taters. He wasn't asking French fried taters this time, but at the same rate, like, Billy Bob Thornton, I'll give a pass to you because his delivery wasn't bad. It was just the fact that he was a clearly southern gentleman in the middle of Japan where everybody else has these very monotone, if not vague, accents. Uh... It was just weird. And Billy Curtup just seemed like he was on volume the entire time. <laughs> that was Ashitaka? But, yeah. Yes. But he yeah, was, no, he was so mellow. It worked out for Dr. Manhattan, but just not for Ashitaka. So, I don't know. It was, it was weird. I, I, uh, I, I guess, okay, to, to argue for it at the same time, if I may, he is a character that's not trying to show any emotion in his voice because maybe he's trying to balance. But then again, you do hear him talk before that. 
because maybe he's not trying to show any anger or get angry to aggravate the the demon that is residing in him. Right. Uh, well, the deal is like you can't really identify him as an archetype of anything. Uh, because, I mean, you look at, at, I guess this is the thing that I want to talk about, Lady Eboshi, the main quote-unquote villain, or one of them, of the entire uh, movie is the person that runs Irontown, where, you know, she's the bad person that wants to get rid of nature and replace it with humanity. But I think Alex curse can jump her. some of this for... Well, no, she is my favorite because she is like the spirit of progression. She is the embodiment of that even in the way that she does the town structure. And this is ripping a little that bit off of true. Yes, but like, you know, she took in lepers, she took in prostitutes, she made them do something else. Right, and that's why there's no black and white bad or good guy, aside from the boring main character. There's no black and white good or bad guy. Everybody has positive and negative traits. But then you also have the forest people who you're, well, you know, the spirits of the forest, the gods, where the point is, is that if you hadn't had the character San, who is supposedly Princess Mononoke, you know, if you hadn't had her, you wouldn't have been able to relate to them as well because you still need a human element to relate to. And I think that's the thing that slips under the radar for a lot of people. And to dehumanize people, one of the coolest scenes in the movie is that when they're hunting down, uh, what's his name, uh, Otoko, who has been cursed by a forest, uh, by a demon, they have all the skins of these boars covering the humans to make them look not human and give them this non-human thing where you don't relate to them at all. I mm-hmm. thought that was a very genius way of doing it because it you knew who they were, but at the same rate, it didn't feel like they were on any particular side. They were just something alien. They had to dehumanize humans by putting the beasts on them, and then they had to humanize the wolves by giving them one on their side. Ashitaka just doesn't fit in anywhere with that. And Lady Eboshi, like I said, he doesn't like her as much, but... I, I, don't I, like I, I like your analogy, though. Sorry, sorry to interrupt. I like that analogy because no. you are 100% nail on the head with that. I didn't even realize it till you said it. And at the end of this, nothing was fixed. They killed a forest spirit, so that's not going to be there to save anybody's like uh, behinds at the end of the day next year when the ha- when the war happens again. Because it's, it's going to happen. Annual. Yeah, it's yeah. just going <laughs> to happen Cel- again. Celebration nothing was resolved. Like, whatsoever. So I thought that was actually a very realist type of look at it where, yeah, we don't know what to do about the battle between man and nature. Well, that's why Ashitaka remains as a liaison. It's but it's the, a very accurate um, portrayal of how necessary coexistence is. Yes, it's necessary. Yes, it's possible. But no, it's not probable. And no, it's not easy. Uh, Justin, have you read any Cormac McCarthy books? Have you read Blood Meridian or No Country for Old Men? I'm, like I'm shaking. Sorry, uh, great podcasting material, me shaking my head. No, I have I not. <laughs> so there's just this one scene, and pretty much Blood Meridian is about like uh, the, the end of the West, essentially. And there's yeah. this one scene at the end where like this guy who was supposed to be the god of war and the god of chaos pretty much as a person – at the end is supposedly getting defeated by this one person driving railroad spikes as being progress. That's who I saw Lady Eboshi as at the end of it. And I'm sorry if I'm just getting you into saw him too being much defeated in the epilogue. You? Yeah. Well, no, but, I mean, you bring up an interesting point of there is sort of a non resolution at the end. I mean, there isn't one straight I, up. Like they made things worse. If anything, well, like they, they go, we're going to rebuild iron. Ta- like I, I forgot. They basically say straight up at the end, we're going to rebuild iron town. And it's like, Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> what are you going to build it with? The wood or the iron that you're mining? We're going to build make... it and call it Iron Town, but it will be ironic because it will be made of wood. Uh, ironic Town. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> but no, but... I, 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 I didn't think about it that way until you said it. And I'm like, 
there is, I mean, there there is kind of some resolution to an extent, but at the end, there's really not that much. I, I don't know. I, there was no peace treaty. They just both got tired and were just like, we no. should probably quit for a little bit. Like and I then, said, Ashutaka just remains as a liaison. Both sides... Um, I need to help the humans rebuild. And then See, if he... If he really was relatable, he would pick a side just so it ends the conflict once and for all, one way or another. Well, they both opposite sides thought he was picking the opposite side. Yes. They accused him of that individually. Kill Ashitaka. That's what we need to do. Yeah, that would just resolve the whole thing. Yeah, there we go. And then just let them suss it out like a big boys. Yeah, we don't have to look, so we don't know what happens. But it was interesting seeing like the idea of like the smart nature, like them having just as much of a willpower and um knowledge as the humans it's just the humans had technology on their side that was the way that they they were building their own god to defeat old gods of nature like they were overcoming it well and at at the same time too they also point out the more the forest is destroyed the more they'll just turn the the forest creatures will just turn into you know squealing pigs and this that and the other and have nothing left except for just to be animals at that point and not contribute anymore so like today because i haven't run into any forest boars behind the levee uh so you know they're back there well they weren't talking to me or covered in hatred were you listening well no i wasn't listening just don't ask me about the boars okay they got coyotes too back back there there. and then um anyway uh so uh, the interesting part about that is you were saying um I got off track for a second because I was just thinking about boars behind the levee. And I'm still thinking about it. <laughs> um, so it's kind of fun. It's kind of funny seeing how, after you know the creatures becoming stupid, it's kind of looking like that's how it ended up now because we're looking at today yeah. where we're not exactly harmonious with nature in any way, shape, or form. No. Nope. But, <laughs> I mean, I mean we all want to be, but I mean, Brad dolphin safe tuna is just so good. Yeah, dolphin steak tuna is great. Just with paint. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, like I really do like this movie because it's realistic. It doesn't give you a straight, clear-cut answer about anything. Uh, I don't want to say just for the highbrow edginess of it that, like, you know, I like morally ambiguous movies, but it was interesting to see one that didn't it, it, that didn't Fern Gully it. Which, by the way, it's, this is Fern Gully just a few years after and, and a bit more less, serious. less naturalism. Fern Gully was... Or this is uh, Japanese Fern Gully, but unbiased. Fern Gully was very biased. So this movie it, didn't seem like it was written by Greenpeace. So it's Greenpeace. Fern Go- So it's the Japanese version of Fern Gully, but not the James Cameron version of Fern Gully, aka Avatar, also known as the sequel to Dances with Wolves with Kevin Costner, or Alien Pocahontas. That too. Yeah. <laughs> There's a or lot Pocahontas. There, there, there's, there's that yeah, too. Totally. Just blue Pocahontas. <laughs> Except John Smith was a little less Ashitaka in real life, so and a little more paralyzed. <laughs> yeah, that too. But uh, yeah, I, there, these, this theme obviously runs very deep in our culture. It has been for the past thirty years or so. Obviously, coexistence. But this one seems to be the most. Uh, let's show you the problem. And then you can decide how that can be figured out because we don't have a logical answer, so we're not even going to try to fit it in there. We're just going to give this, like, random prince that, you know, by the way, the rest of his village thought he was dead to him afterwards. Like, he still can't go back over there. Yeah. So, And, and there was another plot that. point that they, I'm like, I, I kind of liked how there was this ambiguous history. You're kind of, 
you get a peek into, but they don't explain it where I feel movies made today have to explain X, Y, Z of everything you're told because otherwise people are just going to be like, well, well, I need to know more about that. And some older movies just like, we're just going to tell you something. It might not have anything to do with the plot. It might. Don't know. But his it was pointed out that the Emperor destroyed his clan and that they were supposed to be wiped out. Oh, I, I didn't know. Yeah, they, they pointed. Yeah, they pointed out. They're like, oh, you know, there's this clan to the east that has um that rides red elk and this, that, and the other. But they're all supposed to be dead. It's pointed out a few times, and it's he just kind of brushed over. And I'm like, yeah, is that important? Is it not? Who knows? It is a context that kind of leads you in because it. Like, one of the notes that I took was that it supposedly takes place during a uh, fantasy version of the. Um, uh, Muromachi period, which is between the 1300s and the, like the 1570s of Japan, I would have known that because there was no real like um, things that would denote that time period for me, and I don't think even for a regular Japanese person. Maybe the time of industrialization or early industrialization. Um, maybe because those guns were pretty cool, but very inefficient <laughs> at the same rate. But uh, it was weird seeing that they actually did place it in a time period because they could have not done that. They could have just made sure that. With that try that he was talking about wasn't real, but lo and behold, there was a Wikipedia link to the Amishi tribe that um, Ashitaka was from. Mm-hmm. So I, I like the sprinklings of education in there that we're not. We're going to educate you whether you like it or not. Yeah, you can. It's not Please like don't. The, I'm allergic. It's not like the pocket monsters. This stuff that you're learning about, even though you remember it, you know it's going to be real. You're going to look like you're smarter than you actually are, but you just remember it from all your anime, you weeb. <laughs> going hard into the paint on this one. Got it. Um, no, real quick, and I I know that you know I I force you guys to watch the English dub. So let's <laughs> let's take a minute to go back to that real quick and maybe look at possibly some people who tried harder. Um, Joe DiMaggio's in this, Claire Danes, um, Jada Pinkett Smith. Joe DiMaggio, the voice actor, not the baseball player, just to yeah. clarify. Yeah, Bender. This is Bender. Yes. And, yes. Or, or uh, Marcus Phoenix, because it's basically a precursor to those voices. Because, um, in my uh, opinion, Marcus Phoenix is just angry Bender. I'm sorry. I would have preferred if, uh, I think his character was, um, oh, I forgot what the guy's name was. It was Gonzo. Like, with- Gonzo. Gonzo, yeah. Yeah, I, I'm. It would have been better by, by the way, the dog I'm, as his voice. <laughs> that would have been great. I'm not trying to pronounce any of these names because even though I just heard them, I'm like, I can't do this correctly, and I will butcher everything. Oh, it's the one that I didn't write down. So I'm glad you at least had that off. The I, 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 got, I pulled it up just to make sure I was getting certain people who they were right to. Uh, Claire Danes, of course, in this as Princess Mononoke or San. Um, Jada so, Pinkett I, Smith, randomly in this. Um, Jada Pinkett Smith was weird because she was, she was like the the only wife in the yeah she was in the harem pretty community. much yeah the harem but she was interesting because like the deal was just like I thought that she was well even Alex is talking about this like when we found it was Jada Pinkett Smith we were just like oh my god we thought it was somebody trying to impersonate Jada Pinkett Smith instead <laughs> like it seemed like well, they it overdid really sounded like that it was like overly spiced and she's still spiced it was she's like Jada spicy. from the block right there but it seemed like a poor attempt but when they found it was her it was like well I guess we have to accept it but like uh, as you were saying with uh, Claire Danes yeah. her role was actually her voice acting was not bad at all. It was just that her character did not fit Claire Danes' voice, in my opinion. I can see that. Like, I that didn't fit. 
Obviously, you know how I feel about Ashitaka's voice actor. I really like him as Dr. Manhattan, but it, it just, it was a super sedated main character. Because I remember he was like, had a scene where he was yelling. He was like, my name is Ashitaka. I just want to know who you are with those wolves. What are you doing? Stop. You know, I've been... Don't, can you don't show me how to control the volume of my voice? Yeah, pretty much. It seems like he just like got hit with an equalizer for just volume and tone. He just got... He got Microsoft sammed throughout the entire movie. Ouch. Like, uh, Billy Bob Thornton was okay. Uh, no. Mi- Mini Driver. Well, I-, I thought he was okay in terms of his actual delivery. delivery. Yeah, just it, the character didn't fit. Mini Driver was right where she needed to be. I think her as Lady Eboshi was great. Totally. Uh, the the primary uh, women of the movie totally fine but it seems like the men didn't hit the point <laughs> they were just like oh it's a kids movie right well no actually people get like it's a kids movie it's sure, one of them animated movies pop them up yeah. and do better like what if billy bob thornton was anybody else would that work out more well i'm trying to think of who who would you have picked for uh the jigo or jikobo character in the original japanese version instead of billy bob thornton so if i got to recast him what's john goodman doing I don't like talk about John Goodman. I have bad <laughs> stories about John Goodman. But uh, he's making good coffee. I can tell you that. Danny DeVito. He would have been great for I, it. I can't. I can't, I can't do Danny DeVito. I can do Danny. I, All right. I can't. Can we sub it for Joe Pesci? No, 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 no. Here's the reason I can't do Danny DeVito anymore. There's like a there's like a nexus point that once I saw It's Always Sunny, I can't imagine him as anyone but Frank now. That's fine. He, he, oh, he is locked in as Frank. He's the nip from um from Hercules, you know. I and, and it's so a... weird because I just want to hear him yell something. It, it it's weird to go back and watch Hercules now. Okay, well, what about um? No, it's 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 Robin it's, Williams. It's a fine pick. It's a fine pick. I'm just saying for me, I just I'm just gonna imagine him yelling at Dennis, or um nope. D the entire time. Uh, oh, okay. If if well, if it if we do if we go with that one. Well, if not Devito, then who? I I I will settle on Devito, though I will have my personal inner turmoil of having to watch it. <laughs> Fair enough. Another one. There 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 are two more people I wanted to point out real quick from the American Voice cast, just to keep hammering this home. Um, that I we we watch the dub so that everyone can hate on us for this. Keith David is in this. Uh, names oh, not yeah, ringing he about. A Koto. He was the, he was a Koto the giant and Boar. the narrator too. I don't remember there being a narrator. There's a narrator at the very beginning. Like, so, very, very beginning. So a pig was narrating. But yes. no, I actually thought Keith David was great. I thought that he was the most convincing, but maybe because, like... I don't there think he does much... anything with his voice. It's just him. Yeah, no. I, I love voice actors like that. Yeah. So, spoiler alert for the movie we've already been talking about and pretty much wrapped up the ending at this point. Uh, <laughs> there was the one part where Koto is practically, like, dying... But that's when like all the humans with the boar skins come yeah. in and he smells them and he thinks that they're rallying with him and he goes into pretty much berserker mode. I thought that that was like an awesome scene and like he actually delivered that really well. Like, I thought that this is awesome. It reminded me of like a Dark Souls boss. Yes. Just or like going Eva, what? berserker mode. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. It was just awesome. I loved it. Um, but Keith David, he's just naturally a good voice actor. I don't think like – He's pulled off a roll room just like, man, Keith David really bombed this one. You know, even in Halo, I was like, I liked it, you know? Yeah. Um, I, I would definitely agree with you on that one. Sorry, I'm trying to resize. Oh, there it goes, finally. Sorry, I was trying to resize my screen because there was somebody else I noticed on the voice cast that I was like, huh, I didn't realize. Voice cast? 
Yes. Um, Tara Strong. I don't know if that rings a bell with you guys. That's not for me. All right. Hold on a second. Um, let's see here. Raven Maybe. from the Teen Titans show and Teen Titans oh. Go. Harley Quinn from the newer stuff with Harley Quinn and Timmy wait, Turner. Wait. She's, um, I have seen her. So, okay. She's part of the the big voice acting cast. She's just as big as Joe DiMaggio. I've she is in her. like everything. Right. I've seen her with Joe DiMaggio and about eight or nine other big voice actors, like the two guys who do Pinky and the Brain. Yes. Yes. I've, I've, they, I've, I've, I've seen they, a show like that too. So but she wasn't part of it. I'm, I was sad. Where they did different characters from their entire career on every scene, reading out script from uh, the fourth Star Wars movie. That must be uh, insane. It was amazing. So it was oh just my like gosh. Darth Vader is pinky in this scene. <laughs> uh, it, it, it is it is as amazing as you think, Ryan, because I saw something similar, but I can't. I think it was Ghostbusters. No, they were doing Ghostbusters because it was at AwesomeCon a few years back. And um, they had. Um, Pinky and the Brain, they had um, the voice of Ash was there, and they did Ghostbusters because they had um, they had someone from Ghostbusters there, and they walked in during the scene and got to actually play their real part in the in their acting thing. Sorry, sorry, I'm 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 reminiscing right now. No, that, that's <laughs> no, fine. No, totally. But like, I, I would love to I see. I would love to see that. I would yeah. love to see all of the. I'll send English you a link. Go- <laughs> I love to see like all of the English Gokus do a part together like just how read a script together there? what how many were there's there? like three or four that's not bad they change... they're all better than the japanese one that is the one time i will say clearly it all is better than before yeah. we get away from tara strong too much i'm just gonna point this one out she what also is, is the voice of um she it says additional voices oh. so she's just this was before she hit it bigger got bigger but she um also is in my little ponies as twilight sparkle so. Additional voices. She pulled a Billy West. Where she's just like, do anything. We need a spot fill. We, we, we need somebody kind of talking in the background. She's all them hoes at the bellows. They're, in the uh, Iron Town. The bell hoes. Yeah. The bell, the bell, the bell hoes. <laughs> but, uh, well, now that we've objectified all the women. <laughs> all the women listening to this, plus a movie that was very positively portraying women. Let's move on to something else. That's fine. Um. So. No, so I mean, we've we, we've hinted at other. I I don't know if you guys had any other things before we wrapped up Princess Mononoke and just went full, um, full nerd out on anime for a little bit. Uh, ultimately, mm. I think it's a great complex movie that I'm surprised he, Hayao Miyazaki made because it's a little bit less Miyazaki than all the other Miyazaki that he's done. And that's the other reason I'm kind of scared to watch anything else because this is what introduced me to it. So I'm like, I know that this is like the extreme end of him. So certainly watch Nausicaa. I will keep that. I, I once I finally watch Spirited Away from beginning to end, I will make sure to hey, put that one on my you list. You and too. your Tarantino tactics. Just make sure if you ever watch Grave of the Fireflies that nothing in your past week has gone wrong. Like not even somebody forgot to add ketchup to your McDonald's order. Like just make sure that nothing wrong has happened before you watch Grave of the Fireflies because it is an intense. Sorry about that. An intense movie. I, I, and the funny thing is I know what a lot of these are about because, um, there's so many lists of, you know, best animated movies and stuff that they list all these on. And, um, I, I don't want to give them a shout out. I don't want to mention them, but watch Mojo, whatever you think of it. Ironically today, they had their top Miyazaki films. This oh, right. Yeah. Number two with spirited away being number one and grave of the fireflies was somewhere else in between. 
So Totoro should have been number one. It's still my favorite nostalgia. Totoro's up there. This this I think I think that was three, and this beat it out to two. So nostalgic, yes, but Spirited Away is it's so much more high earning. So if you want to cover more bases, then which one did you like? Yeah, then Spirited Away kind of deserves number one spot. All right. So the other thing we wanted to discuss was just once again, as I said, give Ryan a full chance to just get his um, weeaboo-ness out today. Oh, this um, is going to be both of us then. Mm-hmm. We'll just go back and forth. What, five or how many? I, I, I just I said, you know, we could mention five. I'm, I want to see if there's any overlap with us. Over- and I, I did mine in no particular order. It's just out there. But there's an addendum to one of them that I feel is really weird. And I'll explain it when I get to it. So I have my top three, and then my other two after that, I think, are going to be interesting. Um, and this is – what, what by, by the way, for, for our listeners, what we're doing is we kind of just – we're like, hey, you want to talk about some more anime stuff? Yeah, and it just kind of ended with, well, why don't we do like our top five or top five picks? Or if you want to introduce somebody to something, you know, just top five what we, anime. What do we want to merry-go-round? One, two, three, one, two, three, I, one, I, two, three, I say just, five? I say just, just do all of them at once. Just just do all okay. of them one person because I feel like otherwise uh, it's going to get – we're going to get confused and I feel like, like we're going to go off in tangents very fast on this. You want to go first or me? You go because I'm uh, – I got to think. All right. Number five, I'm going to go ahead and say uh, Death Note because it is just one of those that is an introductory for everybody to get into anime. It is a great psychological thriller, and it just has some of the craziest twists you can imagine. And most people know about it at this point, and especially since Adam Wingard recently did a, an American version that I have not watched yet. Oh, I was going to ask. I was going to ask. That, that was, that was the, about the first thing out of my mouth was going to be. So what did you think of the Americanized version? I'll tell you right now, Akira's not on my list. Um, Ooh. Yeah. Uh, number four is gross. going to be uh, Serial Experiments Lane. Okay. It is an amazing – it's a timepiece. It is the prediction of the internet before the internet came into its actual prime. And it, it kind of has some ways of predicting some of the things like, you know, just the way some internet culture has worked, uh, 4chan, just like trolls in general. But also it has this crazy plot that – uh, is not very akin to most Japanese anime that you'd think of. Like, it has a very unique plot. Um, number three would probably be Shinsekai Yori, which is new. It's called From the New World. Once again, very unconventional plot, and I really can't even describe without watching it. And then rounding out number two and number one, they're both mechas. Number two is an anime called Bokurano. It will destroy you emotionally, but it is... So, 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 so good. Like, all the characters, whether you like them or not, you actually have a very strong opinion on each of them. And the thing is, I can't even give you the plot to it because they reveal the one of the big twists in the first or second episode, and it's just good to go and dry. First off is the one that I will give to... never heard that before. What? It's go good and dry. to go and dry. Yeah. Just don't lube it up, just go straight in. But anyway, that wasn't... A euphemism, but whatever. Uh, I'm going <laughs> sure. go to the last. I'm going into the last one. Neon Genesis Evangelion. Almost every version of it. Period. The series, the end of Evangelion, and then the reboots. 1.0, 2.0, is just a work of art. And I don't. I, I see that there's a whole lot of plot points that a lot of people say is against. It's just. It is a true look at somebody's own psyche. In split up into a whole bunch of different characters. 
in the way that not even George R. R. Martin has done. And it is such a perfectly imperfect piece of work that I just cannot speak any higher about it. Everybody thinks it's just it's just a big robot mecha anime. That's the last thing it is. Like it, it, you can take out all the robots and it would still be amazing from start to finish. I cannot speak more highly about it. Um, just anybody who's listening, give Evangelion a try. And once you get to like episode 14 of the first series, it's going to start changing a good bit. I and, need to talk to Ryan about it. Cause he won't stop talking about it. He needs help. Yes. He needs to listen. And if Evangelion is the David Lynch film of anime, it it, I, so I will good. agree with that. I've never seen it. And actually when we were discussing this a few days ago, I'm like, how long is it? I'm, I'm going to try to watch it. It's not streaming on anything right now that I could find. So that, 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 that got nixed real quick. I, I was going to try to do it, by the way. I was like, I can do this. I got this. And I couldn't find it. So I was like, never mind. If um, you want a good start, wet your, re- wet your whistle with the reboots. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, they're just like these movies that one and two pretty much wrap up the entire series in a nice little bow, except they end it differently. Then three goes off the beaten path into something different. Uh, but one is a very good way to like at least let you know whether you're interested. Then you can watch the series after watching the first reboot movie. Uh, I'm done talking about that. Alex, you, okay. you want to go? Oh, Before, real quick, um, we're going to go to a quick break because uh, we got a message from one of our other Dark Myths brethren. Hey, this is Toby from the Secret Transmission Podcast. I just wanted to let you know about our cryptid tournament that we're having all March long. It's called Monster Madness. So we have eight different cryptids. Some you may recognize, some you may not recognize. All you have to do is like Cryptid Crate on either Facebook instagram or twitter and then tell us which of the eight cryptids that are in this tournament you think will win that's it and you're entered and you have the possibility of winning a free cryptid crate that's usually 60 to 70 dollars worth of items and you will win it absolutely free but if you're interested in purchasing a cryptid crate you can go to cryptidcrate.com and use our promo code secretpod and you'll save 20 percent on your first purchase so if you like cryptozoology Bigfoot, Loch Ness Monster, the Mothman, Chupacabra, whatever, you may find it in these crates. So come check out our tournament and check out CryptidCrate.com. And we're back. Um, Alex, you are up next. So mine's in no particular order for the most part. I... I heard you mention Akira earlier. I know it's not top on your list, but I have like a weird story with mine. So I called in sick one day to school because you can call in sick to school at age 15. Totally true. You, you don't have to get your parents to do it. In either case. I forced my parents to do it. This is back when there was only four pay-per-view channels. And on one of them was Akira. And I caught just the slightest glimpse of it. And this was I had to be younger than what I just described, 15, because it was before Google is what Google is now, where you can just close your eyes and slam your fist on your keyboard and you get whatever you want. Back then, I would have been able... Yeah, I had no idea what I was watching. And then several years later, South Park does the Trapper Keeper episode, a parody of Akira. And I was like, "That's, that's that movie. That's that movie I saw. I still didn't find out what it was until maybe like four years ago. And it was just like... For more than a decade of my life, I'm like, what is this? It's just, it was always somewhere in the back of my head, and I finally see it, and I love it so much, and I've read it, and I've showed other people, and so that's, if it's not number one, it's somewhere high up there. I still have a movie like that. Does anybody remember a movie where a kid, like, goes up to his dad in a jacuzzi, 
and just throws a toaster in there and electrocutes his dad. No, that was that was no, that was a movie that I saw when I was like five years old on HBO, and it terrified me. No, I don't think I've seen that. Okay, that just made it weird. Chris, so I my, thought my. <laughs> would have an answer. It could have been a dream. <laughs> anyway, continue. So. Again, in no particular order, there's got to be Akira up there for me. There's Kill la Kill because I really enjoy Trigger. I really enjoy parody animes where they're making fun of tropes the whole time, but somewhere along the lines, they've just they've they find a storyline story into it. I, I really did want to right, put Kill yeah, la Kill on there. Yeah. The storyline finds me. Aww. Uh, um, Your Lie in April is probably the most depressing and sad thing I've ever seen, and I've never been happier to cry man tears. Just it's on Netflix actually, and it's a classical music anime where the primary character is a fourteen-year-old pianist. So it's one of the few animes that everybody will mention is better than manga because I don't know about you, but my manga doesn't play Moonlight Sonata to me. And it no. took us almost fifty minutes, but we've mentioned manga for the first time or manga. <laughs> I was um, waiting for you it. Know, you didn't know they have player piano sheets in the back of the manga you can cut out and just run through it? <laughs> just, that was those words. just feed it into it. the... You feed it in. <laughs> I thought those were just speckled gum wrappers the whole time. <laughs> so oh, those those are for sure up there. Um, I have to give a guest spot to what I'm enjoying for seasonals because seasonal animes are a thing. They have... Spring and winter seasonals, and I'm I'm huge on those. Like whatever is hot, seasoning, Greek if, it, if it's hot right now, I'm on it. Yeah, it's so hot. <laughs> I can tell you what's hot right now. Violet Evergarden is amazing. Darling um, in the Franks. Darling in the Franks is by Trigger. Also great, but it's very lewd. It's almost intentionally lewd. Sometimes it goes a little far with it. I, I think anime of the season right now is Violet Evergarden. Uh, but can we also talk about the new and Citrus, the new Naruto, which uh, is not Boruto. It's gonna be. Boku no Hero Academia. Oh, God. And Boku no Hero Academia is definitely up there in mine. Also known as My Hero so I'll give that as my fifth one. That's your fifth? It's not in fifth place, but it's in my five. Okay. I'm I'm afraid, though, that it will go along as long as Naruto for like a thousand episodes plus. So what was yours? Boku, Akira. Kill a Kill. Kill a Kill. Your Lie in April. Your Lie in April. And Seasonal. Seasonal. I'm very big on Seasonals. And then Evangelion, right? I don't want to. <laughs> so Evangelion would be in there, except I I don't want overlap. That's fine. Okay, so it's we're doing like no Ironically, there I know my list. And there is no overlap with this. Perfect. So, Perfect. so Zoid, Zoid Century Zero, uh, <laughs> Dragon Ball, Dragon Ball Z, Dragon Ball Marriage GT. We already did it for you. What? Oh wait, is, are you are you saying that that's my list? Because you're disturbingly yeah, I, close. all right we're gonna go to another quick break when we come back i'll give my list and then we'll probably argue for who knows how much longer all right we'll (laughs) we'll be right back hey guys my name is jerry and i'm the host of hillbilly horror stories you are not doing this without me well that just happened i'm his co-host and wife tracy at least for the moment and we are the hosts of hillbilly horror stories a mostly paranormal podcast but we also cover anything creepy or unexplained but mostly paranormal yep i already covered that what makes our show different from the other shows out there is that i'm going to tell you and tracy a story but I've never heard the story, so you're going to get my genuine reaction. There's probably a good chance that I'll ask the same questions that you guys are thinking at home. 
It's been said that we're scary enough for the true paranormal fan out there, but also funny enough for the skeptics who just want to listen in and have a good time. So hit that subscribe button anywhere you listen to podcasts and see why we have a five-star average rating on iTunes. All right, so now it's time for my five pick. I no, no particular order, but there is a ton of little addendums and footnotes to mine. So, sorry. Dylan, Dylan, and Dylan. You spit hot <laughs> You're too close, man. You're too close. <laughs> All right, so I got to say, because I mentioned it earlier, Dragon Ball Z. Hands down, is, is like defined my childhood as like what got me into anime. And oh no! It is thirteen-year-olds the the anime, and it is awesome. It, I now, love it. It's so pumpful. Now here's the here here's the addendum to this one. I would never recommend if someone's like, I want to get into anime. I would never say Dragon Ball. I would never do it to them because I'm like, it's there was a time, there was a place, and it hit perfectly for me to where it made like everything awesome. But I will say this. Team Four Star doing their Dragon Ball Z abridged has brought so much new life. I know that there's Dragon Ball Super, but for me, Dragon Ball Z abridged just made that show amazing again for me. Is that Kai Dragon? No, no, no. Dragon, Dragon Ball, Ball Z abridged is like people on the internet dubbing their voices over oh, it, okay, yeah, and they yeah, keep that's... it close enough storyline wise to where it does follow the story points. It's just not. It's not. Over the top stupid, it's actually fans of Dragon Ball Z basically retelling it with dumb jokes the entire time. That's like uh, and Kai, I, I, okay, I, amazing. I would I would recommend Kai because it is cut down a little bit. It's just my, my thing with Dragon Ball Z, it, it, it's amazing, but you had to be a fan of it at a certain time in your life. Otherwise, I don't think you can get on board with it. Like Linkin Park. Yes. You know what? Yes. I saw so many Dragon Ball Z Linkin Park edits before YouTube existed. Well, it's funny because if you just go into like Sony Vegas or Adobe and you put a Dragon Ball Z clip in there, it's like, I see you're trying to make an AMV. What Linkin Park song should we pull up for you? In they the have end, a, they have a Linkin Park the songs package, yeah. Yeah, you're going to want Future Trunks and in the end. Uh, Points of Authority. That's another good one. So, you know. It is. There's I don't so listen many. to them anymore, but I used to like them. Still. I did too. I, 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 feel, I feel it was the same time frame that you were probably watching Dragon Ball Z. Yeah. yeah. And also uh, – <laughs> I think like Lim Biscuit matched up with a Vegeta very well. It, it yes, yes it does. My way it makes yeah. sense because I don't like either of them. <laughs> you don't like Vegeta either. What? Everybody's favorite character is Vegeta. Mine yeah. isn't. Ninety percent is your favorite character Vegeta. Heck yeah. No, Future okay. Trunks all the way. Okay, Future, Future Trunks, Trunks is the best. When Future Trunks showed up, it was like the like what the crap is this? But then once it was like said and done, it's like hey, it was okay. So he un- came back until after the Cell Saga because he just he kaputted easily Gohan and the creator actually says that Gohan is his favorite character. Yeah, but yet he yeah. somehow does nothing with him. And there's a the whole argument that Gohan's suffering from post traumatic stress disorder and idolizes Yamcha the entire time. Well, Videl is very pretty. Well, no, I was about to say if you pay attention to his hair to um Gohan's hairstyle, he's always one hairstyle behind Yamcha normally. That's actually an awesome point. That's an interesting point, but at the same time, I really feel that the Dragon Ball series is about as deep as a mountain. So, it, I it, don't it, it is. Uh or Inuyasha? I, yeah. I'm half demon, you know. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> until the full moon. All right. What's yeah. your next one, Zenga? All right. My next one. Um, I'm get, and and by the way, I'm probably gonna get yelled at by multiple people, including Ellie. I'm just being basic as all hell with this um list. Um, Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. Ugh! You had me with Full Metal Alchemist, but Brotherhood, man, the original is so much better. The okay, okay, okay. I would agree with you until I saw Brotherhood, and I'm like, I like the storyline a lot more. I feel it stays more grounded somehow in the weirdness of anime. The twist in the okay, so we can't give too much out right now because Alex has not seen either of them, but it's on I, his I, list. I didn't. Okay, okay. I, I no 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 no. Twenty fourteen. I, I I will give you this, Alex. Watch Full Metal Alchemist first. Do not watch Brotherhood first. You will appreciate okay, we, Brotherhood more, or you'll agree. hate it. Y'all agree on that? We agree on that, actually. Yes. But the reason why is like I've read the manga, and Brotherhood is directly yes. scene for scene with the manga. That's cool. But at the same rate, if you think about how well they did, like number one, it's a I like the animation style of the first one better. But uh, in terms of what the director had nothing to go with, like halfway through the entire series. And what that director did with the series, given no context and made his own awesome story with an awesome twist that I could have never thought of, uh, it was amazing. Because I've seen other shows where, if we talk about my favorite manga, it's a completely different story. I would go with Devilman and Gantz up there for me. But Gantz's TV series was absolute trash in the third season because the director did not know what to do since the manga was not finished. Full Metal gave its own self-encapsulating story in that anime, and it was amazing. I give them full credit for what they did. All right, like, like I said, I loved it until I saw Brotherhood, and I'm like, I like what they did with this one more. I, I, I like the way it turned out better, personally. That's fair. I, I still love Brotherhood, for the record. Yeah. So. I, okay, and to continue my um, the Seven Deadly Sins and all that stuff with dealing with those, the anime Seven Deadly Sins is up there, too, for me. Um, it only has one season available on Netflix. They are currently working on season two, but I have read the, I think they're up to 250 now manga volumes of it. And I cannot get enough of that. It is, I, I love that series. And that was going to be the original topic this week, but next week, which is the I'm second se- season called seven more deadly sins. Um, or- the second season actually deals with the, with, um, an enemy group called the 10 commandments. <laughs> right. So it's the follow-up. <laughs> I like it. So, so I haven't watched that, but that is I, the I number would one seasonal right now. Highly recommend it. I would highly recommend it. I loved it. It um, and it's great because knowing what I know from reading the manga and watching the first season over again, they see so much stuff in there that you probably are not going to catch. But then when like it happens later, you can be like, oh my gosh, they've been setting this up forever. So it's Arrested Development, the anime. Eh, close yeah. enough, yeah. <laughs> not the they humor level. Monopoly though. stacks in the yeah, attic in the, the very first part. episode, or the um, the Andy Griffith son narrating it part. It's... Why isn't his name coming in my head? Ron Howard. Yeah, yeah. That's Andy Griffith's son. Yeah. No way. No, in in On the, the in the show, show in the show. Oh, not okay. not real yeah, life. In the show. Okay. Andy Griffith Calm is down. real. <laughs> <laughs> and um, okay, I'm I'm at four now. Yeah, Outlaw Star. Outlaw Star is fun. I was, I was about that. to say, I'm seeing if anyone, if, if that rings a bell with anyone before I continue or not. It's funny that nobody has said Bebop yet. I'm sorry if I just took your fifth spot. No, no, no. Because ironic, ironically, I loved Outlaw Star. And when someone tried to show me uh, Cowboy Bebop, I was like, I, I'm just going to go watch more Outlaw Star because I feel like this is 
like I, I, I feel like I just need to go watch that instead. And I, I understand there's a difference. I understand, you know. You just lost at least 15 subscribers. I, I probably did. You know. I, I don't <laughs> mind Cowboy Bebop. It's just I was introduced to Outlaw Star, so I w- was really hooked onto that. So it's really hard for me to do the Space Western thing without automatically thinking Outlaw Star. You should try Space Dandy. Uh, I, don't, I, I can agree with that. It's amazing. But anyway... Now, my last pick was going to be Gundam Wing, but there is one thing with that. I have not watched that probably since I originally watched it back in, like, the late 90s. So I have <laughs> just no... you haven't watched it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I haven't watched it since then, so I'm like, I have no, no context for if that holds up or if that was awful. But, um, so in lieu of that, I probably would say... Uh, one Punch Man would definitely fit in there. Oh, great choice. Because of is... its satire. Because once again, as somebody who watched Dragon Ball Z and as it's a satire of itself, I feel most of the time, I, I love that they've just gung-hoed with that. See, One Punch Man and Kill a Killer in the same vein. It's just One Punch Man wasn't done by Trigger. But yes, I very much agree with you. I, I, I loved it. I love the um the parody animes where somewhere along the lines they just weave this beautiful story and you're mm-hmm. like, oh my god, I feel things. Well, you're not going for what's and the I next the joke. It's like, what's the next plot point? Like right now, for for instance, we are re oh, I'm rewatching Gurren Lagan with Alex and Carlene, the third person is three play. And it's his first time, and we are enjoying it just as much as he is. I think you never forget just, your first. Well, yeah, but still, it's just so good. Like, and, and that's the thing is, like, this one studio trigger makes parodies that have their own awesome self encapsulated stories, and One Punch Man is a great example of what that is. Like, you, just for the same reasons, you, it's funny and it's awesome in action wise. And, and now for me to lose the that. other half of the listeners, I didn't lose with the Cowboy Bebop comment. I Stop. you're already losing him. Stop. <laughs> I still have not fully watched uh, Gurren Lagann. I've gotten about what? eight episodes in, and for some reason, it just wasn't grabbing me. I want to give no, it another you chance. Eighth episode. You, you have not gotten a... eight episodes. Okay, it's it's seven. Okay, actually, I. You know what? Um, Greg, can you fact check this real quick? Okay, fine. <laughs> I'll do it myself. Episode is the big one. No, Greg's in the closet. He's in his quiet time right now. But uh, so. You have not got Okay, I, I'm, I'm looking it up. I'm looking up exactly where I'm at. because That it, was the hook. <laughs> no spoiler alert. That's where the hook is, right at the end. It's You it picked is. a bad number, friendo. <laughs> I, okay, I, I'm checking. I'm, I'm checking to see exactly where I am because I can tell you because this it's one not. of those things I, I'll watch on Netflix and just... Uh, it is on Hulu right now, for the record, in case anybody decides to want to pay for more commercials, so... It's also on Netflix without commercials, so. Wait, Gurren Lagann's on Netflix? No way. Yeah. I'm down I'm, I'm looking it. I'm looking it up. I'm looking at it right now, and it, I started episode eight. Okay. okay, okay. I, I, I am on episode okay. eight, like, and I okay, stopped fair, watching fair. Ep- end of episode seven. That's fair. I'm sorry. When I you know said episode supposed... eight, I thought you meant you were done with episode no, eight. No, I have not. You're on episode I, eight. I, 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 okay, hold on. Let, I, I will pull it up and screen share it on here just to show you guys exactly where I'm at. Right in front of us. Yeah, I, I know we're supposed to be PG, but uh, finish it, <laughs> goddammit. Keep going. Like, <laughs> just, dude, finish that episode. Finish it. Fatality. Sorry, too much on my screen right now. This is great podcast oh, material. You can do chat. 
Oh, I thought you just oh. kept sending a message on, on uh, Skype that says Zeng and you. Zeng and you. Oh, go back. No, I don't want to actually watch it right now. Have you done a... No, ha- you do. You ha- do. Have I'm... you done a Zangief episode about Street Fighter yet? No. Watch, you watch it. <laughs> So All I'm right, playing. watch me watch. The, the rest of this podcast is just you watching me watch it. All right, uh, screen share without sound. And that is literally where I'm at right now. Okay, okay. Right so there. I am at 22 pirating. minutes into episode seven. Okay, so then, yeah. So finish so the last two minutes and then watch episode eight, is what you're saying. Yes. Okay. Immediately. Yeah. <laughs> just, just do eat. Um, but yeah. Well, I, I think your list is respectable. There is nothing wrong with that list that you. No, none have. of it's um particularly shallow. Honestly, I thought about putting Full Metal or on there because that was general. That was a very formative one for me as well. Before Evangelion, like I watched Full Metal before Evangelion, then I watched Evangelion, and then lost my mind. But uh, I think Full Metal is one of the more heavy shonens. Which, for anybody that's not familiar, it's just like a young adult, generally young boy, uh, general demographic that it's targeting. Basically the Naruto demographic. Which, Naruto did not make my list because I I have seen and read more Naruto than I ever will admit fully. But it's just, it was a show that kind of was like, the fights and stuff were cool. Eh. I have a general rule for anime. It's like 26 episodes or less. In That's some rare situations, I will go to the 54, which is full metal. Yeah. But 26 or less is like my sweet spot. Same here. The best, my favorite anime, all that I've just listed are less than 26 episodes. Or I, I was going to say, number. I enjoy 12ers. Like, um, Inuyashiki. Serial Experiments Lane, Inuyashiki. Uh, yeah, Serial Which Inuyashiki was a recent seasonal. That will go into my little, my void spot of seasonals. Because seasonals are amazing, believe it or not. Sometimes they don't stand the test of time. That's 12 episodes as well. Yeah, like they're also, Bacchano. That yeah. was technically a seasonal at one point. Like, at one point. We were all seasonal. I think there's a sweet spot. And I think my problem with Naruto is that they went through all this effort to do filler episodes and they knew that they had a money machine and that's fine. It's just for me, I wasn't hooked from it from the beginning. So I wasn't trying to get everything I could of it. I, I just I lumped that with one piece. I know yeah. exactly where the anime and the manga, like where, where the manga stops. So I stopped the anime at that point. I'm like, I'm done. I don't need to watch anything else. Cause nothing is technically important to the story after this point. But what about Boruto? I, 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 you've got a whole another thousand episodes, friend. Uh, where did I make it to? Like, I, I, I read almost, I, I read to a point, like, during the final battle and just kind of stopped reading the manga and then kind of have seen interspersed parts of the show from there. For Boruto? For, for Naruto. You're really good at kicking habits. Final I, battle, just put it down. <laughs> well, no, it's, it's just, it was this battle. The, the, the final battle of Naruto is great, but it just, it keep, it kept going. And I'm like, he he wins in the end, and I and I watched the final fight between him and Sasuke, which is cool. Like I said, the fights are cool, but the ones that drag on for like an entire like fifty episodes, I know saying this as a Dragon Ball Z fan, it's ironic, but yeah. I I I, <laughs> right. I can't do it. It's just I, I lose interest in it because it's like, how many times is someone going to be like, oh my gosh, they are almost had a chakra or Kai key and this that and the other, and all of a sudden it's like, oh they got a boost from this, or they've unlocked awesome. a new level. No spirit bomb. It's so back and forth with them, but my favorite with Dragon Ball Z is they were the first people I could think of that 
they cornered this beautiful market where the hero just beats the snot out of the enemy. It's just and then lets them live. No chance. And then lets them live in the end. Them and you're like, yes, yes, more. No, it's like it's weird because it's the way they do it in Dragon Ball Z is generally it's Goku in the situation, but they have it where it's not a progressive thing. Like the training up to the final battle is one thing, but first it gets to the point where it's just the bad guy is just. Uh, just beating the crap out of generally Goku and just winning by just like flying colors. And then all of a sudden, like a 500 pound man jumps in the seesaw and flips the scale like by far. And then just somebody goes super saiyan X One, like two, doesn't three, matter. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Blue. And then just rose, completely black. just throws it off the balance and just destroys the person. I think that's what everybody well, knows is going to happen. And that's what they're waiting them, for. And it's endless. And when you're 13, it's just, it gets the blood pumping. I, I still it keep it with Dragon Ball grow. Super. I still keep it with Super because I'm just I, like, I haven't, what? I actually meant to watch the newest episode and I haven't yet. The, 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 the I, one that all of this has been building towards, I haven't watched. Well, I, I can't I'm finish stuff. <laughs> No, I'm I'm the same way. Like, I, it's like when I turn on iTunes, Spotify, anything like that, YouTube songs, and ninety percent of the way through the song, I'm like, all right, new song. Something tells me you're a good poker player. <laughs> like, you can yeah. quit while you're ahead or something. I don't yeah, know. No, it, it's I I haven't watched the newest episode of Dragon Ball Z yet because I just I mean Dragon Ball Super because I just completely forgot what day it was and I was like, oh yeah, it's Sunday. As we're going to record, and I'm like, I'll watch it after I'm done recording. No, you're watching Gurren Logan. That, that, okay, yeah, that sorry, I, I forgot. I'm, it's I'm being. Up, right? It, it is pulled up on actually both my desktop and my laptop right now. Um, I can get my TV going too. So just have it three, three screens. Can't ignore it. No, I, I've wanted to give Gurren Log. I've had multiple people say that, and I, it's just one of those shows. Like I, I tried it, and apparently I got to like the point that like you should have watched the rest of that. Yeah, you got to a great focal point, and uh, and then just stopped. Just <laughs> <laughs> yeah. went. I've had enough of this. I'm done. It takes me a long time to get on shows that other people recommend to me. If somebody's like, "You gotta watch this. You gotta watch this. You gotta watch this," I, I'm like, "Yeah, I'll it, I'll put it on the list." Then I have the same thing sometimes, and it's weird because it's with anime a lot. Um, or if, books if it, even. If, if, if it's something that's – and I, I know I, I do a podcast on pop culture and I always recommend stuff to people. But I have a hard time sometimes if it comes so highly recommended because I feel like I'm going to put it up on this pedestal. Right. Of being like called- this is going to be the most amazing thing I ever saw. So if it's not perfect, I'm going to hate it. It's called the repellent of suggestion. Yeah. It's just that's how it works. So like when when everyone keeps telling me you need to watch Breaking Bad, I'm like, no, I'm going to watch it like 10 years from now when no one cares about stop- it. Right, when you stopped telling me to watch it. Yeah, and Wait people kept telling me to watch Lost. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> you like CDs? People kept I, telling I, me to watch Lost. I think I got on – I think I ended up good on that one because were people not people happy with the end? people are not your friends. I, they're not your friends. No, everyone kept telling me, they're like, you need to watch Lost. You need to watch Lost, and I never people did. And then it. the same people are like, I hate how Lost ended. And I'm like, I'm not disappointed. Right, yeah, you, you didn't have to brave any of the pain. No, that was a prank. It was like, haha, this is life you're going to regret when you're in a nursing home. <laughs> oh, man, good one. Um, I, I keep on wanting to bring up this topic at some point, and I'm not going to try I'm not going to try to continue on for another far too long on this one, but I feel like there are so many shows that have diminished. Like, there, there's a point I can point at in a se- series where I can be like, that season, that episode, that's when it died. That's when I was kind of like, I'm done with this series. 
professionally called Jumping the Shark, I think. Yes, but, yeah. um, I will tell you uh, how I met your mother. Loved the show. Loved it to death. The second they started giving Barney Stinson emotions outside of just wanting to get laid, I was done. I was like, I, I can't be on board with this anymore. Uh, I remember for New Girl, when they jumped the shark, is when uh, Nick, Nick and, and uh, what's Jess, started yeah, Jess started dating. dating. Yeah. yeah, that's what? when I was like, oh, we're done here. Yeah, I, I think so I stopped like right before that happened with that because I was like, ah. yeah. So that happens, and I agree. That's that's a jump the shark for me. Um, yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. But at least you have that talent of like, you probably watched that episode and be like. Nothing good will come out of the rest of this. I kept going after they did. Yeah. Oh, me too for a little bit, but which, still. Wait, which show? I'm, I'm sorry. We've talked about a few now. Uh, New Girl. New Girl. It's oh, okay. because I'm so wildly attracted to Zoe Deschanel. Uh, my thing in Bones is when they jump the shark is when the first episode. Right, when you realize <laughs> yeah. it was Emily Deschanel. Yeah, who is not Zoe Deschanel. So. The whole time. Yes. Oh, well. Um, and also the acting's terrible, so yeah. I, I still argue that um, Seinfeld for me never has a jump never has a jump the shark moment because I feel like that series just went. But I'm, All right. I'm, I I love shows about narcissistic jerks. I love Seinfeld. I love Married with Children. I love Always Sunny. Yeah. I just I love to watch these jerks be jerks. Well, yeah, that, shows that's about bad people. The the other thing is, I th- everyone in shows wants character development, but once you're given character development, you automatically are like I I don't like what they did with the character. So if right, you have a show I, where nobody ever develops, it's perfect technically. Well, you can't pull a fast one on people halfway through, you know? Like, uh, you don't want to do that for something like Always Sunny. Like, you don't want that to become a drama. Yeah. You want them to never learn. Like, yeah. that is one thing that makes the show so golden is because you get to see all these intrusive thoughts acted out on screen. You, you get to be like there's 10 plus seasons and they're still doing it. Yeah. So – Wow, we uh we diverged a lot. I, I sorry, sorry. It's some it's it's a topic. I'm like I'm not gonna get a full episode out of this discussion ever, and it just felt like the right moment to be like, yeah, I'm gonna talk about how shows kind of die off for me, and I'm gonna Imagine. basically make a ton more people hate me real quick. It's all right. I'll make people hate me. I love Dragon Ball GT, and also I've never watched Seinfeld, and also I've only seen one episode of The Simpsons. So yeah, I just loaded that I, one down. I don't. Is it Magnus Opum or Magnum Opus? It's Magnum Opus. Okay, so I'm. One hundred percent positive. Futurama is Matt Groening's. Matt Groening's magnum opus. I will agree with that. There's nothing wrong with The Simpsons except it's not Futurama. That's the only thing wrong with it to me. Fair enough. I love The Simpsons. I love it to death, but I only own up to a certain point on the blue on on the DVDs. I'm like, okay. I stopped here because after tell that you point, when they I'm done. The shark. I'll tell you when they jump. This the is shark. oh my gosh! I love this way. conversation. I love this because it's different for everybody. It's the retcon on Seymour Skinner is not Seymour Skinner. It's when that you is find a lot of people's. That is a lot of people's. That it's when you find out this whole character they built Seymour Skinner to be is actually some bad boy that Seymour Skinner was at war with, who Seymour Skinner dies and this guy decides to go home and Armin Tanzarian. Yeah, so stupid. That's when they started doing things like that, and then it's like they lost family values afterward, and Homer became superhuman at times like he'd walk on the ceiling because it's funny he's just doing things yeah and... um for me i think it's season it's 15 or 14s where i like I, it was like there's because there was a certain number of episodes in each season i'm like okay well there's a few that are like okay but then it gets to a point where it's like the the okay ones are being outnumbered by the other ones i feel like that was the point it's somewhere 15 
14 or 15 is where I'm like, I, I like what they've done afterwards, but it's kind of, I only like certain points for right, that. Right, there's just but, sprinkles. But Futurama, in my opinion, is one of the greatest shows of all time. I cannot I, I, love anything more than, like, if, if that could make it on my anime list, it would. Like it, Fry, like Fry. <laughs> No, that 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 my opinion is an amazing show, and they had so many points where they were going to possibly be ending the show, and they always ended it in such a great way where they could come back to it, and it was always such a poignant end. So the the first ending was the devil's hands on idle play or idle play things, yes. and that that would have been a good ending. I was happy. Yep. Yep. I didn't want any more. And then the second ending was overclocked. Yep. where Bender gives Fry and Leela the perfect the written out yep. note of their future. Mm-hmm. And that was more than the Devil's Hands gave. And I was like, oh my god, this is great. And then their final, final episode. For now. <laughs> yeah, for now. Was, it was perfect, though. They, yep. they, it, it finally went all the way. So, no, I it mean... it was I, a full cycle episode. I, I, I love that series. Um, that, 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 that definitely ranks in my, like, if, if we're going all-times shows, that's, that's up there, too. But, That's my one, number but, one. But now period. to reel it back in real quick to, to <laughs> something that, that, that once again, I am, I am on the edge of losing all my fans. Do you guys consider Avatar and Legend of Korra anime or not? Don't do this to us. <sighs> I, can, uh, I, I so, can cut this out if it's that controversial. No, uh, plug. Uh, one of our fans on Instant 3 Play is very much into, uh, like, Avatar specifically, not as much an anime, but like Avatar, he is super into. I like, uh, I want to call it a cartoon, but I want to also say it's like an anime. Uh, it's a, it's enough anime-ish to be called an anime of a cartoon. All right, how about this? Would you call the Marvel Entertainment Iron Fist uh, limited series an anime? No, no. Then Avatar isn't. That kind of just takes out all the different. Uh, plot points right there it's not I, I don't think it is it's made in america it's made for americans like is uh, the jackie chan adventures i think an anime? the definition of anime is japanese animation is jackie chan's adventures anime no that was made in america i it's will cartoon. i wanted to point that one out because i love that series to death I did too the, the dragon but I, I wanted to mention that that because i didn't want anyone to be like why didn't you include avatar and it's like because i I consider that a cartoon with an anime-inspired cartoon, kind of like the original Teen Titans, in my opinion, is an anime-inspired cartoon. If you don't have to translate it from Japanese, it's not an anime. I think that's my easiest. I will say Korra is one of the only cases where I'm like, ooh. A lot of the other times, I'm like, hell no, that's a cartoon. But when you're like Korra, I'm like, ah, well, I guess it's a cartoon. It's very anime-like, but I guess it's a cartoon. I never watched Korra. I watched the original Avatar, but I never watched Korra, so... But yeah, I would say no. I would say it's not an anime. It's not. It's a soft no. It's not a hard no. Yeah, it's definitely inspired. All right, anyway. I will. I will give it inspired. So, so now for anyone who is left listening, um, where can people find <laughs> you guys if they want to hear more from you or see more from you? Since this is since you guys are on Twitch as well. So we have Rumor Flies. Well, I, I represent Rumor Flies podcast where we just talk about myths, legends, misconceptions, all of those things in a very educated yet mirthful way. And that's just at rumorfliespodcast.com. Or if you just have any sort of podcast app, just search Rumor Flies with an O-R, not an O-U-R, because we're not Canadian or British. But people confuse that occasionally. 
And then finally, me and Alex, along with my fiance Carlene, run a Twitch channel called Instant Three Play, where we have generally been doing Jackbox games on Tuesdays, really. And also, yeah. you can watch us very poorly play Dark Souls and get harassed by most of our followers. But we think it's a pretty fun time. If you really want to get a feel for us, we have a best of video, two of them actually, on our YouTube channel. But it's uh, twitch.tv slash instant3play. Spelled all one word and correctly. Yes. And we will most of the time be a little less sober than we are now. So Three is spelled out, T-H-R-E-E. Yes. Tell you what, make it simple. If you go down the episode description, there'll be a link. Yeah, yeah, there yeah. You go. Give him some clicks. Give him some clicks. Go to his website. Do it. Yes, get, yes. So, so if you go down in the episode description for this, there should be links to there. So, yeah. So, thanks for having us on, man. Oh no, thank you guys for filling in. Um, it was great to have you guys on. Um, to talk anime that's not um, because because Ellie's normally takes the charge of our our anime corner with with Zingness, but. I'm like, I like anime too. I just like very particular things, and I'm super uber picky about what I like when it comes to anime. Well, we wish her the best with her voice recovering. So. It's, like, like I said, it's almost there, but she keeps on going, find the butter child. Bring him to me. <laughs> so I, I'm, I'm vaguely worried about that, but aside from that, it's, it's almost back. So um, thank you guys again, and if you want to find more from Zingness, of course, you can find us on podbean stitcher google play tuned in we are also with rumor flies part of the dark myths podcast collective go to darkmyths.org. um we have an instagram now too yes we do so have an instagram for, for dark myths so you can find um rumor flies on instagram zingness on instagram and dark myths you can also find us on twitter if you want to email us directly it is zing at gmail.com and finally DJ Golden Boy play us out, but stay tuned after he plays us out for a PSA. Now I know what you're thinking. You just saw that UFO land. The occupants don't seem to be at home. And you just want to lick that thing. All the kids are doing it, and it seems like the cool thing. But it isn't. Licking UFOs causes hallucinogenic yeast narcotic-induced karyokinesis, otherwise known as Hynek. Symptoms include electrocution, bleeding gums, tongue rash, mouth sores, flatulence, gastrointestinal disorders, enlightenment, an understanding of why spaced pancakes don't have salt, flatulence, the urge to consume copious amounts of Tic Tacs and or eggs and or Mentos, the ability to speak Sasquatchese, vomit, diarrhea, an undeniable urge to sing the song Satellite by Dave Matthews Band, Satellite, oh god stop it, a sudden urge to mate with Venetian women, flatulence, the inability to stop saying, Houston we have a problem, time slips, telepathy, death, and flatulence. I know it may seem cool to lick UFOs, but is it really worth it? Don't lick the UFO. The more you know. This message paid for by the Our Strange Skies podcast.